Hi, treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by no one, just myself, uh, because it's been a chaotic weekend. Obviously, usually we try to bring you your weekly recap on a Saturday. Uh, I was at a protest all day yesterday, so we're recording today, Sunday. Um, Yeah, I hope all of you are doing well. And hopefully some of you got to go out to Black Lives Matter protests. Um, I just wanted to spend, usually in this section of the show, we talk about pop culture. Things are going to be a little different today because it doesn't really feel uh, tonally appropriate to talk about movies and, and music and reading recommendations because a lot of shit is going on. And um, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking to you, the listener, about a protest and, and what going to protests mean and why you should strongly consider going, even if it, the idea of it is a little scary, which is totally valid. We've seen all of these videos and pictures of police officers beating up protesters, sometimes hurting them very badly. So I understand why people are a little scared. In a little bit, I'm going to talk to you about why uh, while that's valid, you should still strongly consider going. However, before I get to any of that, we are officially in the month of June, so I just wanted to say happy Pride, Lindsey Graham. Uh, babe, we've come a long way together, and um, let me just say I'm never going to forgive my dear friend Charles Rockhill for telling me about ladybugs, okay? If you don't know what I'm talking about... Um, I wouldn't recommend Googling Ladybugs Lindsey Graham, but if you're like, I thirst for knowledge, go Google that and ruin your entire day. So Charles, I'll never forgive you. Love you. Um, But yeah, and to anybody out there who's like, it's not right to out people, uh, I totally agree, except in the case of Lindsey Graham, in which case, ha 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 forever. So... Uh, and again, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, I guess it's a news show. I shouldn't just keep telling you to Google things. Um, several, several male sex workers have come forward saying that Lindsey Graham has been a client of theirs forever and a day. And I should say this is like one of the worst kept secrets in Washington. Everybody knew about this, but I guess it's official now, question mark, sort of. Um, they all had to sign NDAs, so it's just a matter of getting around the NDAs before they all come forward and talk about it. Um, and again, this would not be newsworthy or morally just had Lindsey Graham not spent his entire career uh, working on behalf of a party that consistently undermines the rights of the LGBT community and attacks them outright. Uh, so fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, on a positive note, I just also wanted to shout out, uh, again, I I went to a protest in Brooklyn yesterday, and it was so encouraging to see so many LGBT people, like obviously uh, LGBT people are part of our communities everywhere, so uh, so many people of color are also uh, LGBT, but specifically... Uh, white LGBT people turned out hard. Uh, admittedly, I live in Brooklyn, so not a full surprise, but it was really, really encouraging to see like a young man I saw carrying a sign that said uh, queers for defending uh, the NYPD and stuff like that it was really, it was a moving act of solidarity. So good on everybody who turned out. Um, so guys, I'm going to include a list some wonderful person put together a very comprehensive list of uh, national resources. If you can't get to a protest, or even if you can get to a protest, but you want to help more, um, of different bail fund and support uh, options, of uh, trans funds and resources, mental health resources, um, George Floyd resource uh, compilations. I know there are resources for Brianna Taylor as well if you uh, want to uh, help with that case especially because those police officers haven't been charged yet um, writing uh, the representatives who 
could help with that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really helpful. I highly encourage you to donate money. If you can donate your time, go to protests. So I guess while we're talking about protests, let me just talk a little bit about what's happening because we're in a little bit of a unique situation right now, because in addition to all of the normal concerns of going to a protest, now we're in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> so it's like extra scary. And I, I feel like I can speak on this a little bit because uh, I'm a high risk person. Um, so, you know, there were special considerations I had to make before going to a protest. So let me just say, uh, especially now when we're, we might feel extra isolated because we've been in quarantine for so long. I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. Here in New York City, we've been in quarantine for over three months. So it's an incredibly isolating time. And, <laughs> you know, let me just say, as someone who identifies as like an extroverted introvert, um, but I, I do have an introverted personality I can be by myself for long periods of time and be fine but then I hit a wall and I'm like I'm going crazy I gotta see some people um it was just so great to be around people again so that is a huge benefit of going to a protest if you've been feeling lonely uh even maybe before quarantine you know if you if you are not a person who's around people a lot and you're like this sucks I miss people Going to a protest is like a built-in way to be around a bunch of people that you have a ton in common with. Um, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know like if you're going to form friendships or relationships. Question mark? Heart emoji? Winky face? Unicorn? Lizard? Fire emoji? Rocket emoji? You know what it means. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a cool way to meet dope people is what I'm saying. So uh, that's number one. If if you've been feeling like particularly isolated, go to a protest, meet a bunch of dope people. Um, also, the COVID concern, totally valid. I get if you are high risk um, or if you are a, a person uh, who is disabled, um, it makes 100% sense if you were like, hey, I just, I physically can't do it right now. No shade, no shame. Do not feel bad. There's a million ways you can support without going to a protest. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. My intention is not to make you feel bad in the slightest. I get it. I have tons of friends who are in the same boat. Um, they're dope and they're great activists and they do great work um, and help in a myriad of ways. So, but I, I'm... I mean this as a message to people who were also high risk, but are like physically capable of going to protests. I wore a mask the whole time. I was just very conscious of the fact that I should have a little space between myself and the other protesters. When things got a little dodgy with um, tight clusters of people, you know, I just, I made a, a minute by minute call where I was like, I'm going to step back at this point and just have a little space so I don't have like people breathing on me and stuff like that. Um, so it, it really is up to your personal discretion. And listen, going to a protest is never going to be fully safe because unfortunately we live in a country where uh, the police are fully militarized and can't wait to use their little toys against all of us and shoot us with rubber bullets, shoot us with tear gas. So I can never ever say to you, it's 100% safe if you do the following. You take on risk regardless. But, you know, we live in America. We live with risk all the time, right? Nobody has health care. <laughs> like, um, there's, there's a raging class war going on. Like, we are constantly in danger. <laughs> so that is just uh, inherent, right? But for me, the benefits of going to a protest vastly outweigh uh, the negatives because you get community out of it. You are supporting a righteous cause. You are saying black lives matter. You are saying that police are killing black people. We need to defund the police immediately. To me, that is one of the most righteous causes you can ever support. So you get to, I guess, selfishly feel good that you're, you're at the protest. Now, obviously that, that can't be what your activism looks like. It can't just look like 
going and walking and, and holding up a sign and that's it. You have to follow it up with other actions, right? Whether that's giving your money, whether that's um, supporting the work of people of color and amplifying their work, whether that's contacting your representatives, um, voting, direct action, however that looks to you. It has to be in addition to going to protests, right? Okay. So I don't want to spend this whole episode preaching because it's especially insufferable because I'm a white lady and there are tons of people of color you could listen to who are far more articulate than me, who are are more experienced, uh, smarter, (laughs) all of that stuff. Um, But I also don't want to be the white person who's like, I'm listening right now, which is why I've been silent for over a decade. You know, like you have to use your voice as well. So, and you, you have to... It is, I do think it's really important that white people say Black Lives Matter. We do have to say that. We have to say defund the police. You do have to be loud, but in a smart way. So like, okay, if I can offer a little critique without being a big old bitch about it, I am not a fan, white people, especially uh, when it's coming from gentrifiers and uh, we white people who live in Brooklyn are inherently gentrifiers so we have to keep that in mind right i am not a fan of the chant white people whose streets our streets and i can now say firsthand having witnessed white people saying this in the presence of people of color who are brooklyn natives they do not like it either uh you sound like colonizers and we are colonizers and it sucks it's a shitty shitty chant i get the spirit of it You're saying whose streets, our streets, because we're taxpayers and we fund the police. I get it. We own the streets. We own the cops. They belong to us. They should work for us, right? Um, Find a different chant. (laughs) Also, in general, especially white men, don't lead the fucking chants. I don't know how many times people have offered this as a critique, I think it's pretty well known. It's like bad optics and it's also just like a bad reality for you to be leading the chance. I still saw it yesterday. White men, you're so loud, which is great, but you can just amplify the chance with your very, very loud voices. So uh, I flat out refuse to follow any chant led by a white man. Uh, If if you're a woman, especially if you're a woman of color, uh, or if you're you're a, a person of color in general, I got you. I'll amplify you. Uh, white men just for fuck's sake is it so hard to march around for a few hours and not make it all about you apparently it is because you keep fucking doing it so stop it stop it bad i'm just gonna start to bring like a fucking uh mister and like spray you in the face with water every time you do it because it's so fucking annoying anyway sorry other than that wow what a magical day (laughs) i especially wanted to shout out I tweeted this, so I apologize if you follow me on Twitter. I won't just be repeating my tweets, but I was, it was just so dope. So one of the things that I saw while marching was this group of teen girls who mercilessly were just berating the looks of police officers. And I don't know what it is about the very specific power of teenage girls, but oh my God, It was brutal and like in the best possible way where I was like, yes, I'm glad you're on our side because this is terrible to witness firsthand. Uh, One of the girls, there was a police officer who clearly thought he was like a big tough man and he was there in his riot gear. He probably looked himself in the mirror that day and he was like, all right, Teddy, you're a badass. You're going to bust some skulls today. And he was real pumped up. Tattooed guy clearly, again, thinks he's a tough guy. And this teen girl was looking at him and looking at him and looking at him. And I was like, oh, my God, here it comes. She's got something in the chamber. And then she goes, you know, I want a sleeve, but not if it's going to look like that. And everyone around her, including me, a grown woman, went, oh, come on. Come on. Teen girls are magical. Uh, And again, I'm glad they're on our side. Okay, for the most part. Don't want to stereotype, but those girls were on our side. And I was like, God, thank God. Don't look at me. Don't say what you think when you look at me. Look at him. Unload on him. He's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, it was great. And I want to hear from you guys as well. I hope you're able to get to protest regardless of where you live. And again, if you can't, uh, I will include this link tree 
of the national resources list in the episode recap. If you can give money, and I'm talking like $5, $5, that's all you got to give. Um, give to an organization that supports um, your vision of, of the world you want to live in, whether that's uh, organizations working to defund the police, Black Lives Matter groups, whether that's specific uh, people of color who you follow, artists, creators, um, activists, support their work as well. Uh, something that I'm going to try to work on is just retweeting people without me commenting because I, I don't think that um, I, a white person, need to in any way change the messaging or add my two cents sometimes. Sometimes all you need to do is just amplify. So I'm also just trying to work on uh, what I do. And and I hesitated even to put out an episode today because I was like, oh, do I really need to add to this conversation? But then I thought being silent would be worse, especially because I know a lot of you are also politically minded people. And it would be one thing if this was just a pop culture show. And then it would be like, okay, maybe we take the week off because we don't need to give recommendations right now. But because we're also a news show, I was like, ooh, I think it would actually be bad form if I, if I didn't say anything. So I'm going to talk more about the protest uh, that I went to in the news sections and also uh, the, the host of other protests that happened all across the country and the world, although more U.S. based. Sorry, rest of the world. But I hope you guys are all doing great. I hope that as terrible as things are right now, and don't worry, we're going to get to a lot of the badness in the bad news section. I hope that if you were able to go to a protest, you felt somewhat uplifted because the thing that always really strikes me whenever I go to a protest is there are so many more of us than there are of them. And obviously there's a gross power imbalance. We don't, we don't get to shoot them with arsenal that could potentially kill them. Right. Um, people might throw stuff at them, but it, it's not anywhere near the equivalent of getting shot at with a rubber bullet, losing an eye, as we've seen um, a few times during these protests, people being blinded by projectiles, um, people suffering head injuries, like really, really bad stuff. Um, so obviously they are much more heavily armed, much more heavily uh, funded the other day in the protest I was at, there were four helicopters uh, flying around. In order to do that, it's like $1,200 an hour uh, just to fly a helicopter. In addition to all of the tactile gear that they carry, all like all of that stuff. It's so much money. Um, so obviously they're, they're heavily armed. They have way more financial backing. But when you just look at sheer numbers, it's comforting because it's like you don't feel crazy. You're like, oh, oh of these other people get it they're on my side they would throw down in a second if anybody hurt me or tried to hurt me so in in that respect I took comfort from it I really really hope people of color who see these protests also take a small small degree of comfort from it obviously I know there's a long way to go um actions are so much more important than words we need to defund the police immediately. Um, there's work to be done, but I hope just the fact that, and this, in my opinion, felt different than other protests. The way people turned out, maybe it had something to do with, with mass unemployment. Maybe it had to do with the fact that New York City is completely shut down. Like a lot of my comedy friends who normally would be performing at clubs and theaters truly have nowhere to go now. Our theaters are closed. We lost our jobs. I guess we go to protest now. Like maybe that's part of it, but this turnout feels different. And I'm not saying it's going to fix all of our problems, but I hope at least people looked around and were like, huh, okay, maybe things are changing a little bit in the right direction. I don't know. We'll see. Um, obviously, we need actual substantial change before we can be like, we did it. But um, I just wanted to say, I hope you got to go to a protest. I'm, I'm proud of you if you did. If you didn't, I get it. But contribute your $5 somewhere. 
you know, or more. That's an option too. Okay, guys, that's enough of me being a preachy and unbearable. Uh, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. Okay, so thankfully, last night's protests, Saturday, were pretty peaceful. I'm sure I could, if I dug around, find found uh, some instances of police brutality and, and arrests and whatnot, but overwhelmingly peaceful protests. But what I wanted to talk about in the bad news section were the most uh, infamous recent examples of police brutality, including the two Buffalo police officers who have been charged with assault after this video went viral showing the officers shoving a 75-year-old man to the ground. Uh, a horrible video. Really upsetting to watch. So, like, trigger warning if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I watched it because it's my job and essentially what you see if you haven't seen the video is this elderly man uh, approach the police officers get into some kind of verbal exchange we still don't know what was said but he might have just been like confused not knowing what was going on they shove him the police officers shove him he stumbles he falls uh, and when the camera pans back to him, he is stock still bleeding from the head, uh, fully looked dead. When I saw the video, I, I asked Twitter, I was like, did he die? Because he fully looked dead. Uh, turns out he did not die, but he was rushed to the hospital. Apparently, he is in stable condition now. Of course, it doesn't mean he's out of the woods. His name is Martin Gugino. Um, they're describing him as being in serious but stable condition. He is alert and oriented, uh, but apparently he has no memory of what happened, which is not a good sign. He's described as a longtime peaceful protester, human rights advocate, and overall fan of the U.S. Constitution. Um, and he's asking for privacy at this time. Um, so it... <sighs> It's infuriating to watch this because these little fucking fascist cosplayers are clearly so excited just to be in their riot gear and to have gotten the order that they can like go in and bust skulls that they got so excited that they shoved a 75 year old man like are you kidding me this guy could not have looked less of a threat. And these fucking sad, pathetic little men were still so eager to play fascist that they very nearly killed him. Like, again, he looks fully dead in the photo. So update to this story. I guess there's a couple updates. The first is there was this really gross video of uh, these police officers' colleagues gathered outside. I'm assuming the police department. Um clapping for these two officers because again uh they were charged with assault um and they were suspended without pay so when these officers walked out all of their fellow police officers were standing outside clapping for them can you imagine okay say your friend comes to you and is like wow i had a wild Friday night and you were like Benji tell me all about it and Benji was like well I shoved a 75 year old man to the ground and he cracked his head open and I feel pretty good about it and you clapped for them can you imagine well the other update to the story is that all 57 members of the team resigned from the unit in support of them okay so Benji comes to you and is like wow I had a crazy night and you're like Benji tell me all about it and he was like I was sent blah, 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 shoved a 75 year old man you clap for him and then was like Benji wow that's amazing and Benji's like I know it was amazing but guess what my boss fired me for it or sorry suspended me for it I get to go back eventually but wow what a downer I got suspended and you're like that is such bullshit I quit my job I quit I quit my job because I support you so hard for shoving a 75-year-old man to the ground and cracking his head open. 
Wow, Benji. Wow. Can you imagine? You would never. You would never. And would anybody ever in a different occupation? Could you imagine a doctor doing this? Could you imagine a teacher doing this? Could you imagine a bus driver doing this? Like, no. This is the only profession where this is considered normal behavior to quit in protest when your fellow colleague was rightfully suspended for nearly killing someone. Can you imagine if you worked at The Gap? And somebody you worked with almost killed somebody and then they got suspended and you quit in protest. Everyone would look at you like you were crazy because you would be crazy. <laughs> okay. This is what happens when I don't have somebody else to play off of. I just shout into the microphone. Uh, I also wanted to talk about police officers in Philadelphia. A uh, Philadelphia police commander has been charged with aggravated assault for allegedly... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I have to say allegedly, and I know that news sites have to say allegedly for legal reasons, but there's video of it, <laughs> so it feels bizarre to say allegedly. Anyway, for allegedly beating a Temple University student with a baton during a protest uh, on Tuesday. So police staff inspector Joseph Bologna, which I love so much, Joey Bologna, uh, is allegedly the cop seen in a video attacking the student, then jumping on the student and making an arrest. So I've also seen this video. If you watch it, it's it's really uh, upsetting. These officers just like go ham and are throwing people around. Um, the, the footage is really, really awful. The student who's been identified by his attorney as Evan Gorski was detained for 24 hours before charges were dropped after the video of his violent arrest went viral. Gorski, if you watch the video, is the guy in the, the Eagles jersey. Um, and yeah, it's it's another instance of police really um, being brutal and seemingly escalating things out of nowhere and I know a lot of people have said this but I do think it bears repeating the police were the ones who were rioting full stop I don't know how many more examples we need how many more videos need to go viral before people understand that they were the ones escalating they're always the ones who escalate if they just stayed the fuck out of the way there would never be violent conflict between people um they're the ones with batons they're the ones with deadly weapons they're the ones dressed like soldiers they show up to crack skulls that's what they do so anything being blamed on protesters is like no ultimately who commits the most violence and the most permanent damage are the police and the police always respond to this by showing like the meager items that protesters throw at them. So there was this example, and I love it so much, um, of items <laughs> that the police posted where they were like, yeah, but look at what was thrown at us. So the Portland police post this photo uh, and it says more items were covered that were thrown at officers. So these items include <laughs> a can of White Claw, which, oh my God, Portland, I love you so much. You are just hipster trash. Um, a can of garbanzo beans, a uh, brick, a part of a brick, a partially eaten apple, as though someone couldn't contain themselves, that they took one bite of their apple and they're like, oh, I hate the cops so much, and then threw an apple, which I love. Um the the top of a bottle like two tops of bottles a beer bottle it looks like and maybe like a, a hard alcohol bottle um but anyway I I posted this and I was like this truly looks like my kitchen a day before I go grocery shopping that's what it is it was just like what people had in their hands at the time to try to paint this as some sort of like some kind of coordinated anarchist rebellion is just so funny to me because it's like really you're going to compare the fact that police now have tanks full ass tanks which they do to a can of garbanzo beans are you serious right now because if you're serious you're ridiculous maybe this is a funny joke if it's a funny joke well done portland police this is hilarious but if we're actually supposed to be afraid of like quote-unquote antifa or quote-unquote anarchists who are throwing partially eaten apples. Like, come on. You, you, you can't be serious. You just can't. I won't allow you to say you're being serious right now. So 
Because we're a New York show. Sorry, we just are. We just are. I live here. I'm I'm biased, okay? I do want to talk about de Blasio, okay? And I want to defend, or defend, oh my God. I want to talk about him defending uh, the police amid them arresting hundreds of people. Since these protests started, by now, hundreds of people have been arrested in New York City. There was a, uh, a very worrisome story amid all of this about a judge who suspended habeas corpus in response to the George Floyd protests. Although I think these protests are, are bigger than George Floyd now. Um, you know, there's been a lot of focus on Breonna Taylor, but also just like police brutality in, in general. Um, and police state. So like, I, I think calling them police brutality protests or Black Lives Matter protests is fair. But I do think they're bigger than just George Floyd now, as obviously that sparked everything and is important. But yeah. Uh, so anyway, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out and uh, spoke out against this. Really, really scary. Uh, New York criminal uh, court judge James Burke agreed to a request by the NYPD to allow for detention of anyone, anyone arrested in the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Manhattan without criminal charges longer than the 24 hours mandated by state law during a hearing in response to a writ uh, filed by the Legal Aid Society of New York City on behalf of hundreds of protesters still in jail. So that's really scary and really, really bad that they could just arrest anyone and hold them longer than 24 hours Um because usually you have to bring charges against them. It's like, why is this person just sitting in jail? Um, and this was considered an extraordinary situation, which is what they always say when they're just panicking and they want to just throw everybody in jail because they don't know what to do. There were so many protesters in the streets um, that they were just arresting people left and right. Uh, so de Blasio, during all of this, comes forward uh, rejected growing calls to slash the police department's budget, said, I do not believe it's a good idea to reduce the budget of the agency that's here to keep us safe, said this uh, as video was coming out of uh, police just beating the shit out of protesters and arresting them, said this, how dare you say this when we like just had police kill Eric Gardner, you know, like how many instances of police brutality have we seen where somebody is just minding their business and the cops come up and murder them on the street? They're not here to keep us safe. They're here to keep us afraid. They're here to hurt us, you know, but they're not here to keep us safe. Um, so yeah, a lot of people have been calling for de Blasio to resign for Andrew Cuomo to resign my favorite thing ever is when they they post a tweet that's clearly like and that should settle the matter and everyone is just retweeting it saying resign 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 <laughs> um, people hate you people hate you you should resign and then of course my favorite update to the protests in New York City uh, here in particularly Brooklyn but I imagine it happened in other boroughs too uh, yesterday, Saturday night, people stayed out past the curfew. We've been getting these very scary sort of purge-like alerts on our phones every night where it's like 8 p.m. curfew. You will be arrested if you go south of 96th Street. <clears throat> oh, and, and something that I mentioned on Twitter, but I realize a lot of people don't know this because, again, you don't live in New York City, so it's like, why the hell should you know this? But uh, the the line that sort of separates Manhattan, so like wealthy, tr tends to be like white business people, uh, those people in Manhattan, and Harlem is 96th Street. So whenever they say don't go south of 96th Street, and in that case they're talking to the Bronx, is basically saying people of color don't dare come into white Manhattan and try to start shit or will bust skulls, basically. And the, it's like a dog whistle thing, um, but that's 100% what they're saying. Don't come down here, because we will protect corporations before we protect human life, is what they're saying when they say, don't come south of 96th Street. Um, 
so anyway, everybody stayed out past curfew the other day. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, Mayor de Blasio posts or announces that the curfew has been lifted as though he's being like a benevolent leader and he's like rewarding us. But actually what happened is everybody ignored his curfew and then he retroactively lifted it. So he had no power in that situation. The people had all the power. The people stayed out past curfew. And then he sort of rushed to be like, yeah, yeah, totally. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. Isn't the curfew stupid, you guys? Who even implemented it? Oh, my God. He sucks. Whoever he is. Wow. What a wet blanket. But actually, but actually, um, the people took back the power. And that was really cool. There were hundreds of people by Barclays Center here in Brooklyn who just straight up blew the curfew, stayed out, went for a little march, um, pretty peaceful, nothing bad happened, which again was illustrative of the fact that your laws, your police don't keep the peace. We keep the peace. When we decide the peace has been earned, you know, when, when you deserve to have peace, when you stop killing people, when you stop wasting all of our money, taking money from our schools, taking money from our healthcare workers to give to the police, we decide when you get peace. You don't get to decide when we go home. You don't decide what my bedtime is, you know? Um, I'm still heated. <laughs> I, like, hear myself, and I'm like, ooh, I'm mad at him. Um, but I am. Fuck him. De Blasio sucks. Cuomo sucks. They're all terrible. De Blasio is worse, though, because he uses his wife and he uses his son as fucking shields because they're people of color, and it, it's gross to me. I don't know how they have respect for him. Because it's so gross. Um, but anyway. So also in bad news, you guys. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about unions. Okay. Because we as like good lefties, right, have been conditioned to support unions always. Unions are always good, right? Well, the problem we have right now is the police union. Because, unfortunately, one of the last strongest unions in the country is the police union. Like, they they really, uh, they see themselves as oppositional to us. So that kind of unites them as this weird little tribe where I was talking with someone the other day and they were like, I don't understand how there are black police officers and obviously I don't, I like can't speak for them, but I would imagine that the police, unfortunately, still offer really good benefits, still offer um, a chance to make a lot of money. If you, I mean, you can make $90,000 a year as a police officer. If you're around long enough, you can get up there. It can get up to like a very, very good salary with full benefits. If anything happens to you, your entire family's taken care of like they take care of their own because they know they're buying silence, right? If you treat people well, and this is what the mob does, right? If you treat people right, if you say, well, I'll take care of your family, you can make a lot of money, you can buy people's loyalty and it doesn't matter if they're black, you know, because they feel like, well, I'm taken care of. Um, Unfortunately, that's just the reality of it. And And some police officers do have a conscience and we've seen a lot of resignations at the NYPD to the point where the NYPD has called this like a crisis, like something like six officers a day are resigning, something like that. So there are officers who you can get through to and they'll be like, you know what, this is fucked. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be here. Um, but unfortunately, you can also buy a lot of people and they will stick around. So I think we need to reexamine our relationship with this one particular union because unfortunately, it offers a lot of protection, even when police officers have done blatantly wrong things, including killing people. They're protected by this really, really powerful union that, listen, I know it, it's difficult to conceive of, but even Chauvin, even the officer who murdered George Floyd could potentially go back to work one day 
And I know that seems impossible right now because it's like, but charges were brought against them. What if they do jail time? I'm telling you, we've seen this before. Police officers, sometimes even convicted of a crime, can go back to work. It might be in like a diminished capacity where they're like, you know, shuffling around papers on on desk duty, they can get their job back. That's how powerful the union is. And we oftentimes don't hear those updates because we're like, justice was served. I saw him in his orange jumpsuit. He had to go to court, blah, 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 blah. But we don't follow up. We don't see what happened to him afterwards. And the police union is so powerful. Sometimes they can get those guys their jobs back, even if the job looks a little different. So... It might sort of be a difficult come to Jesus moment for some lefties because it feels weird to be criticizing a union. But in the case of police, it's really necessary because even people like Mayor de Blasio, obviously, Joe Biden, Joe Biden recently made some comments um, about what the protests, very, very mild uh, comments. But even so, uh, Paul, uh, Giacoma, Giacoma, president of the Detectives Endowment Association, the second largest labor union representing uh, the NYPD officers, uh, attacked Biden for the comments, like was very disappointed by them. So these unions have so much power and it's maddening to watch people like de Blasio cave to them because guess what? The NYPD already fucking hates de Blasio. There was a, a, a very dramatic moment following I believe it was uh the murder of Eric Gardner where de Blasio had criticized their behavior I might be wrong about when this happened but I think it was Eric Gardner he had criticized the behavior of the police officers involved in that and in response he walked by a line of police officers who turned their back on him like so disrespectfully they hate de Blasio. So to watch him of all fucking people cave to the union is like, motherfucker, they hate you. If they saw your black son in like some poor lighting, they could kill him. And he still caves to them. It's like, you are not a man. <laughs> you are disgusting. You are pathetic. Um, I think I've said enough bad things about de Blasio, right? Ooh, the cats are fighting. Guys, on that note... It's that time of the show. Here's your good news. All right. So in the good news section... Obviously, the the peaceful protest that happened over the course of Saturday, there's a huge protest in Washington, D.C. in front of the White House. Um, I'm putting the fact that they're, they were peaceful in the good news section, not to say that there is no place for violent resistance in uh, efforts of reform, but to say that it's good news that the police were peaceful not the protesters. I'm glad that the police minded their business. <laughs> not really. They were still out there, but you know what I mean. They didn't start shit with anybody. So I'm putting that in the good news section. And I'm going to say almost with 100% certainty, the reason they were peaceful on the part of the, the police is the, the national spotlight that has been fixed on these protests. Police lose support when these videos of their brutality go viral to the point where even some conservatives have come out and said like, this is excessive. This is too much. It's a bad look for the police and they know it. And it's a particularly bad look for mayors of these cities, governors of these States. They know it. Their elections are coming up. Um, a, a great shining example of this, and I'm 100% putting this in the good news section, is Mayor uh, Jacob Frey in Minneapolis, who I guess partly to his credit has been showing up to these protests in person, which like I can't really imagine de Blasio doing what he's been doing at least in terms of like Jacob Frey is talking to conservative or talking to protesters one-on-one -on -one and like talking into a microphone and like 
not to give him too much credit, I want to give all credit to the protesters, but he got into an exchange with uh, one of the protesters where they were asking him to commit to defunding the police. And um, he refused. He said that he did not support defunding the police. And the crowd responded by chanting, go home, Jacob, which is so funny. And he did. He had to leave. And it was all captured on video. And the protester who was questioning him pointed out, your election is coming up. We're going to remember you answering this question and what you say right now. So think about that. And he still said, I'm not going to defund the police. And crowd was not happy, nor should they have been. And he had to go home. So that was really powerful where it's like, yeah, this is a direct consequence of what's happening on these streets, my dude. Your response to this right now will influence if you win another term or not. And if you want to win another term, you better listen to what we're saying. So I just wanted to shout out in the good news section, protesters like this who are like getting shit done, who are holding officials accountable, who aren't taking like the little crumbs that politicians will give them. Like everybody was shouting out the the mayor of DC for allowing Black Lives Matter to be painted (laughs) on the road. Even at the time, a lot of protesters were like, yeah, Mayor Bowser did allow us to do that, but these are small potatoes when compared to what our demands actually are. And then following that up, they they went rogue and painted defund the police by the Black Lives Matter uh, sign, which is great because that was absolutely not approved by (laughs) the DC mayor. That was not part of the very controlled messaging she wanted to have. Um, Too fucking bad, too bad. Uh, you're not an activist. (laughs) So they get to decide what to do. You don't get to dictate terms. Also in good news, um, I wanted to shout out people in power or people with, let me say, a prominent platform turning out to these protests because I think it's so important. Particularly, I wanted to shout out John Boyega, who so many of you know from Star Wars, or if you're um, a better person, Attack the Block. That's when he really broke out. You got to watch it. It's a great movie. He's so good in it. Man, John Boyega is not playing. He turned up at a protest, I believe in London, and got on the, uh, the bullhorn and just went I almost said went crazy, but he wasn't crazy. He was um, listing the names of black people who have been killed by police and said at one point, uh, I don't care if this, um, if I can't get work after this. And I thought it was like a really powerful moment, but also deeply sad because unfortunately, even in 2020, our reality is someone like John Boyega, who is so famous and feels like he should be untouchable, right? It feels like he should be able to go to a protest and be like, as a black man, I disagree with the fact that police are killing other black people. That he should have a certain degree of cover and privilege to be able to say that, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He could still lose work. And it's so wild to me that like people like Timothy Chalamet can go to protests and no one's like, God, I hope he doesn't lose work. Because he won't. Of course he won't. He has white privilege. But John Boyega, who arguably much more famous than Timothy Chalamet, (laughs) is black and could still lose work from this, is wild. But I also think it's good news because he's so brave that he did it at all, should be applauded, should never miss out on a paycheck or a day of work. And I was really encouraged to see a lot of black directors tweet him and be like, we got you. But why was it black directors? Why wasn't it white directors also tweeting? And maybe I missed it. Maybe they were tweeting him too. But white directors, you should also be like, John, we'll still hire you. (laughs) Like, This is awesome. You're just standing up for human rights. Why should you ever lose work because of that? Um, But John Boyega, you're a badass. 
always go see John Boyega movies. Always. Always support him. Uh, he's doing the most. He's been doing the most since fucking shitty racist Star Wars fans were coming for Kelly Tran. And John Boyega was out there like, hey, y'all are racist. <laughs> you need to stop. He's always been great. Um, support him. Support him. Support any um, person of color, even if they're prominent going out to these protests because guess what unfortunately there's a lot of shitty racists out there who will work very hard trying to deprive them of work deprive them of liberty and and the right to a living wage so fuck that support people support john boyega we don't deserve him Okay, and finally, I wanted to close out this episode. This I'm breaking rules left and right on this episode, everybody. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I guess let me do a little light good news story, and then I'm going to close with a, a plea slash recommendation. Okay, so the light good news story, kind of, <laughs> but Sesame Street is always good news, right? Yeah, right. So Sesame Street has uh, a great clip of Elmo finding out what racism is. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but race or but racism. But uh, Elmo is having a conversation with his dad, and is basically like, "What are these protests that are happening outside? What are they about?" And his dad is explaining. Uh, why people are protesting and what racism is and and that stuff and it's very sweet and at, at the end of it elmo is like elmo wants to end racism and it's like fuck yeah elmo uh elmo is antifa um so if you haven't checked that out check that out i think it would it would be great for like if you have kids who don't know what are what's going on to show them elmo figuring out what's going on um, and uh, like in classic Sesame Street style, it's done so well and breaks it down in a very informative, non-scary way for kids, you know, to be like, here's what's going on. Um, so my, my plea to everybody is, I think we're all doing great on social media. We're all posting the right things. We're retweeting the right people. I think it's really important that if you have a person who is racist in your own life, even if they're a parent, even if they're an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, somebody you're really close to, you should have done this a while ago. It's okay if you haven't done it yet. You have to do it today. You have to end your relationship with them and explain why it's happening to be like, I can no longer talk to you or follow you on Facebook because your posts are racist and I don't agree with them and I support the protesters and I support what they're standing for and I don't want to follow you anymore. And also I don't want you in my life anymore. And it's going to be painful and it's going to be really uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable because people of color have been uncomfortable in this country always. And true solidarity, true anti-racism means being uncomfortable. We're all going to be uncomfortable. We all have to examine our own behavior, our own beliefs, all of that stuff. I am included. I have been called out in the past for problematic behavior. I'm sure it will happen again in the future. Guess what? It sucks. It always feels bad. My feelings don't matter in that moment. Um, I know I can do better on this show. I, I have like a million excuses in my pocket for for my failings some of them are valid <laughs> but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh when people call you out you can't get caught up in distractions like their tone or if it's the a bad day if you're feeling emotional that day none of that shit matters if it's a valid point it's a valid point so like we can all stand to learn listen examine and change our own behavior um, and that's never, and I want to emphasize this enough, I'm never being preachy or condescending when I say that to you. I am included in that always. Um, and I hope that we can process that kind of critique in an open-minded way. Um, because again, your personal feelings don't matter when it comes to stuff like systemic racism. If you're a true ally, if you're truly standing in solidarity with the protesters, you have to be open to that feedback. 
Um, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You know, it, it doesn't feel good to, to have somebody say you're exhibiting racist behavior or you're being racist. That always feels bad. I think we, and when I, when I say stuff like this, by the way, I'm talking primarily to white listeners. Um, not to say people of color can't harbor their own bigotry, but you know, obviously my experience, my firsthand experience is as a a white lady. But I think being anti-racist doesn't mean that you're suddenly magically never racist. (laughs) Like as white people, um, I think it's important to accept that the tendency to be racist is always there. Whether it's a random thought that pops into your head, whether it's the tendency to profile people late at night if you're walking alone, it's always there. It will always be there. Being anti-racist doesn't mean that magically vanishes. Being anti-racist means there's like an extra step where, where you have that impulse, you check yourself, you think, am I being racist right now? You say yes. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, probably. Statistically, always, yep. Um, and then you you work to mentally undo it, you know? You're a white lady in the park. A black man comes up to you, says, leash your dog. There are birds in this area. Your dog could kill them. You might, first thought, pops in your head, black man talking to me, I'm alone, danger, There should be an extra step there if you're anti-racist. Am I being racist right now? Yep. (laughs) Should I call 911? Should I bring police into this situation, police who could potentially kill this man because I'm having a bad day? Because I don't want to be talking to him right now. Should I bring the full force of the police down on this man? No, of course not. That would be an insane thing to do. (laughs) And then you don't do it. Like, in theory, that's how it should look. But anyway, what I'm saying is, this is going to be a long journey for everybody. You should be prepared to be uncomfortable. You should be prepared to hear things you don't want to be told or to hear. This is all part of it. Um, Most of the time when I've been called out for stuff, it's, it's by people with really, really good intentions. And sometimes I don't like the way they tell me stuff, but guess what? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter in that moment. If, if the point's valid, the point's valid. So I'm really encouraged by, by what I'm seeing from everyone. Um, I'm really proud of everybody who's turned out, who's given money, who's amplified people of color's voices. I think this is all good stuff. We're going to have a long journey together, though, because this country was founded on racism, slavery. And if you look at the timeline between slavery, Jim Crow to today, we have barely lived in a post-Jim Crow society. We're still brand new when it comes to living in a society that's less racist, but still very racist. So for the people who have been like, oh, we're still talking about this, it's like, we've barely begun. So you're going to need to find the endurance. Find find your open-mindedness. Find your patience. Find your curiosity and your excitement that we could live in a world that isn't so shitty. Like, why aren't you pumped? Why aren't you pumped to live in a society that's not racist? Like, how amazing would that be? Uh, and have those difficult conversations, and it's going to suck. I'll tell you right now, it's really, really going to suck. It's going to get uncomfortable. You're going to get very emotional. You're going to get very angry because you're right, and that that will just drive you insane. <laughs> like, you can see that you're right, but... Try to approach it from a place of compassion because oftentimes you'll be talking to your blood and, but also take no shit. If they refuse to change, bye. And I'm not talking about obviously people who, if you live in the same household as this person, I get why you might need to buy some time. If you're a minor, if you're financially dependent on this person until you can get out, I get it. But at a certain point, it doesn't matter if they're your mom or your dad anymore. If they're racist, 
you can't humor them. You can't just sit there and smile and nod at Thanksgiving. If it means you're not invited to Thanksgiving anymore, find some friends and do a Friendsgiving. It's just got to be that way. Um, and also get excited to not have shitty people in your life anymore. <laughs> um, guys, please visit that list. I'll, I'll tweet it as well of the resources where you can donate your money, your time if you want to volunteer, where you can support people. Um, and yeah, be really, really good to each other. And if you're white, you should listen, but you should also um, speak up when it's time. Usually that means looking like uh, talking to your own relatives, not leading chants at marches. Don't do that, you fucking assholes. All right, guys, I love you. And on that note, um, stay inside, socially support each other, and uh, I don't know, why don't you uh, make a little trouble? <laughs>